Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. The Penn State Dubois baseball team is gearing up for a new season. We are joined in studio by several members of the team to preview what lies ahead this spring. Yarmer Yager's jersey was raised in the rafters on Sunday in Pittsburgh. We'll talk about the ceremony and look at the highs and lows of his prolific career. We're debuting a new segment this week called Clear the Bases, where we'll take a journey across the sports world to discuss the big headlines from the past week. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Anderson. I'm Dave Herzing. And I'm Dave Glass. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go under review. Sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Welcome to Under Review, and it's February the 21st. We're back at our 6 p.m. time slot. We thank you for joining us here, and we are joined by a full house in studio tonight. We got contingency from the Penn State Dubois baseball team right before practice. Fellas, thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure to have all of you here, and uh, Coach Nesbitt is with us too, but he said this is the guys' time tonight, so we're going to grill them here for the first segment here and find out a little bit about uh, what it's like to play at Penn State Dubois and what lies ahead this season. So uh, why don't you guys just step right up here one at a time and tell us who you are and just introduce yourselves. Uh, hi, I'm Corey Lehman. Uh, I'm getting an uh, engineering degree at uh, Penn State, and uh, I'm from Tyrone, Pennsylvania, in between State College and Altoona. And I play uh, first base, and I catch a little bit, too. Hi, my name is Tyler Herzing. I'm a business management and marketing student at Penn State, and uh, I'm from St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, and I went to school at Elk County Catholic, and I'm a utility player. Hi, my name is Brandon Sakari. I'm an engineering student at Penn State Dubois. Um, I'm from St. Mary's, and I play outfield. Hi, my name is Taylor Bullen. I am a business administration major at Penn State Dubois. I'm from St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, and I'm a pitcher. <clears throat> Hi, I'm uh, Brett Beath. I'm a business major at Penn State. Uh, I'm from Sandy Lake, Pennsylvania, and I play center field. All right, very good. Well, we'll start with you, Brett, since you're uh, right up here to the mic here. First things first. I know you guys have had a lot of success lately at Penn State Dubois. What's it like to have that success and deal with that pressure now because everybody's going to be coming for you this year? Uh, you just got to put all that pressure aside and uh, focus on the uh, fundamentals and all the small things. I know Coach harps on that at practices. But, uh, yeah, you just got to put all that stuff aside and uh, take one game at a time. All right, Taylor. So uh, with with running the pitching staff here, I'm, I'm sure you're you know as a senior, you're they're looking up to you as as one of the leaders of the group. Tell us a little bit about what that's like, what it's like to be the senior now, and and what you're doing with the younger guys. Um, it's awesome. I'm um, just mentoring all the younger guys and uh, learning, teaching them uh, what I can do, and showing them other things how they can pitch better and stuff around. Uh, the playoffs and everything like that so yep so what's what's been your best memory here you've got a lot of time in now so uh well, tell me tell me some some of your highlights over your career here 
Uh, I mean, the easy answer would probably be the national championships, but uh, I like the bus rides because we just turn on the music, you know, just jam out. Just, it's just real fun with all, like, 36-year teammates, so that's my best memory. Yeah, I mean, I've, again, I've known your coaches for a very long time, and the type of leadership that you guys are under is exemplary. The type of guys I know that they bring into Penn State Dubois speaks volumes to the type of program that I know Coach Galeri's running and Coach Nesbitt as well, and also the other staff there. Um, a, a couple of you guys, uh, Tyler, uh, I know when you were in, in St. Mary's, you were a good ball player. I remember you coming up. Uh, what do you think you've improved upon, and what are some things you would like to you know, impart upon the, in the underclassmen, again, similarly to the pitching staff, that you can maybe share with them as the season progresses? And I know the expectations are sky high. Uh, personally, the biggest thing I think I've improved on is me as a person. It's not really baseball-related. Uh, Coach Clary really stresses the importance of – getting out of college and who you're going to be once you get out of college and who you're going to be for, for your family and what kind of person you're just always going to be. So I think coming in, I was real quiet and I didn't really expand much, but now I'm a senior and I really want to talk to everybody and get to know everybody before I know my time's up here. Well, your last name's Herzing and so is mine, so you may have a career in radio. We never know. You won't be lost for words. Th that's anyhow. true. Yeah, no one's ever told me I was ever quiet, so maybe we have that in common. All right, so Corey... Tell us a little bit about what's coming up here with the season. I know you guys are preparing right now, um, you know, your practices. But when do you guys get started, and uh, what are you looking forward to this season? Uh, yeah, we actually leave here uh, next Thursday, the 29th. We head down to Myrtle Beach, and we play down there for a week. And uh, like you guys said earlier, we play a good bit of uh, good competition down there. And it's always good to go down there and Honestly, you kind of get that little bit of a punch in the mouth start of the season. Like, yeah, this is probably some of the better teams we'll face before coming back up here. But it's always good to understand, like, where we're at and, like, where we sit amongst uh, all these other teams and stuff and seeing good arms down there. And then, obviously, you come back up here. We have some uh, good teams in the conference, and you have your iffy teams in the conference. But once you get to that, uh, when you actually have to buckle down and play some good baseball, it seems like we're always a team that kind of – puts the little things together to get on top. And honestly, I think the trip down to uh, Myrtle helps out greatly. Well, you kind of brought up, you know, good teams in the conference. Who who do you guys look at as your top competition in the conference? Uh, on our side here, we have, uh, it's always, uh, GA's always there. They're Greater Allegheny. They're always there neck and neck with us in games. And uh, obviously, Mon Alto, we see them kind of as our rival. It's always them versus us for uh, our side. And then uh, on the opposite side, it's, uh, always Brandywine. They always seem to be making it, but uh, York also. We played York in the championship last year, and so, I mean, they're always an up-and-coming team to look out for. So I'm going to ask a question. I want every one of you to give your own version of answer to this. What makes Penn State Dubois special? What, what, what sets this program apart? What do you take out of this when you're done and say, that's what Penn State Dubois baseball is all about? Um, I would say it's just a family. Every time that we are, we're at practice, we're all talking and hanging out. We all hang out in between practices and after games and stuff. So I just think being a family, that also creates better relationships after college as well. Uh, what I think brings us together is uh, I know in the fall, Coach uh, brings us uh, over to Mr. Lucas's. I'm not 100% sure what his first name is, but we go out there and we go kayaking. We go in the pontoon, play cornhole, just – it's a good refresher to just get to know everybody, but, yeah. 
Uh, I think the thing that makes us special is we had a guest speaker come in. He was an assistant coach for the Rangers, and he said something that just be a dude, which is just be a good human being. So I think that's we have just a lot of good human beings on the team. That's good advice for any walk of life for sure. Uh, yeah, kind of tying what Brett and Taylor tied together. I mean, at Mr. Lucas's camp is really where we become a family. And just sharing all of our weak points throughout our lives, we really get to see the weakest point in each other. And that really brings us all together, I feel like. Uh, I feel like we always talk about, we actually have a couple shirts and stuff that says uh, it's the little things that matter. Like if we can't trust you to do the little things, then why can't I trust you to do the big things when it comes to that? And like doing the right thing when people aren't looking. And it's just one thing that like, as we always said, family. I mean, I know everybody says their team's a family, but I feel like our teammates have everybody's back. And it's just, every, if anybody's ever in trouble or anything like that, we always just have someone's back and that's on and off the field. Well, the unique thing there is that you guys all talked about what makes Penn State Dubois baseball special, and none of you even mentioned baseball. It's all about relationships, and I think that that is so important and and building that culture here. Um, So what you guys have won, you've been a part of two championships then, right? So uh, you think you can make it three? What do you guys think? Yeah, I I think it's very possible. We just have to have the – the right mindset and just go into every game knowing that we can beat anybody. I know last year we were the nine seed in the World Series and we played the number one seed right in the morning. I forget what day it was, but we we beat them and that just proved that we, we could beat anybody in that tournament. What do you guys think the strengths of are of your team this year? Like this year's squad, what do you think sets your squad apart this year? Uh, I mean, basically last season, like you said, we kind of still had a really uh, bad start. And then we started just trusting the process. And basically, I mean, obviously you see we won the World Series. But basically just add another year of learning from that and learning from our failures. And basically just, I mean, yeah, like I said, we ended up with the World Series. But we still kind of were holding that like that real bad start to us. And we are saying, like, that's not what this program's about. We kind of just took it head on and just – listen to our coaching staff and continue to do what we needed to do and it turned out to be the right thing obviously because we won a championship yeah the experience factor yeah you know it's funny i never played at a collegiate level but you know you miss sports and i'm you know going to be 50 years old here in a year and a half and you think about the times you spend you said spending with you know with your with your brothers with your family you know what's one thing you're going to miss about penn state dubois baseball being that you're seniors i know obviously the season's just beginning and i certainly don't want to bring it down you know because you guys are all amped up which is awesome you got to go to practice and everything else but you know this is the time where you know hey this is it this is your last go round so what's one thing you're going to miss about Penn State Dubois baseball oh uh, one thing i'm going to miss is obviously making the memories every season uh that's with baseball and without baseball i mean i've been playing baseball for 17 years but i could say some of the memories i've made while well, the past 5 years that i've been here that they were probably the greatest memories ever and things i'll never forget uh, one thing that I'm gonna miss is like just getting to meet new people every year. Like it seems like just when you're starting to get used to that group of guys, like seniors graduate, people transfer, like stuff happens, and then a whole new group of guys comes in, and then all of a sudden, like they're your brothers, they're your teammates. So just getting to meet new people every year. Uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna miss the competition aspect of it, like just getting out there every day and getting to compete with my friends. I think just that's the biggest part: waking up every day and knowing somebody's gonna be there to push you and. You're not always going to be the best, and you just got to keep going. 
That's awesome. Guys? Yeah, just to go off what Herzing said, uh, waking up in the morning, someone pushing you. Uh, I love going to the weight room and seeing other guys, and they've gotten a lot bigger this uh, off season. And I, I live with Corey and Beezer. I'm just gonna miss just spending time with them and doing stupid stuff we do. And I really don't want to go go home and start a job. I really don't. <laughs> but I would say pretty much what Brett said that just being able to hang out with your with your best friends every single day. That's mostly what I'm going to miss, but on the baseball side, just being out there with everybody and, like Tyler said, com being competitive, I'm going to miss that. Well, those are great answers, guys. And, again, you know, you're going to look back on these days so fondly as well. You're going to look back and think to yourself, you said some of the best days of your life, and they really will. The lessons you learned, Tyler, that's something, too. When you get you, we were talking before the show about the job mark and you guys and what your degrees were and everything. The lessons that Coach Kaleri and Coach Nesbitt and your staff have given you are going to directly apply when you guys get out and you're graduates of Penn State University. Those are things that are, employers are going to look for, and it's going to set you guys apart from other people, not only with that Penn State degree playing baseball, but also those lessons are going to be so valuable. Well, we know Coach Nesbitt is back here checking the clock. He doesn't want you to be late for practice. Coach Caleri's probably watching too. Oh yeah, he doesn't sure miss a get beat. There. Yep, but and I don't want to get on his bad side. No, yeah, that's, absolutely that's for not. sure. Hey, we really appreciate you guys coming in. We'll be cheering you on from uh, from the studio, and hopefully get down to some games. and And we wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So when we return, we'll talk about Yarmer Yager and. What the uh, Penguins' latest news is, stay with us on Under Review, sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. Do you know someone who's facing financial or personal hardship due to cancer? Would you like to help them during this difficult time? The Randy Carlson Memorial is accepting nominations for their 2024 beneficiary now through February 29th. Just go to XHLHockey.net and click Nomination Application on the homepage. The event for the beneficiary will be at the Outdoor Hockey Rink in Brockway on Saturday, May 18th. Join us and help someone in their fight against cancer. The greatest good is what we do for another. Quote, Mother Teresa. And the Free Medical Clinic thanks everyone for their donations during the fourth annual Blanket Drive. Donate your new blankets, hats, scarves, and gloves from now through February 23rd. Drop off your donations at the Free Medical Clinic on West Long Avenue, Monday through Friday. They'll distribute your donations to people in need in our local communities. Go to Free Medical Clinic Dubois Facebook page for donation days and times and more information. Information. Shankles Pharmacy. Caring for you is what we do. Caring for each and every customer and their needs is the foundation of what Shankles Pharmacy is all about. Locally owned and operated by Tom Falzer, Shankles is committed to finding the health care products and services that you need. Being local, Tom and the pharmacists and staff at Shankles really get to know you and your family. West Long Avenue, Dubois, and ShanklesPharmacy.com. Caring for you is what we do. Comfort, protection, and trust. These are words that represent family, and that's how Spitzer has built our family business for 120 years. During our 120-year anniversary, we invite you to come in and experience what four generations of serving our community feels like. Find comfort in our nationwide lifetime warranty, protection in our $1,000 price protection, and trust in our non-commissioned salespeople. Plus, you can take advantage of our 120th anniversary car giveaway. Enter now for your chance to win a free car at Spitzer.com. At Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's, we treat you like family. 
our family. Stop in our store today and experience the Spitzer difference or shop online anytime at Spitzer.com. At Spitzer, our world revolves around you. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and document it. Any breakdowns must be completed at a Spitzer location within 40 miles. Warranty effective anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. See dealer for complete details. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Cloudy skies expected tonight with lows around 32. Winds out of the southeast 5 to 10 miles per hour. Cloudy skies expected again tomorrow. Isolated rain showers likely. Daytime highs approaching 43. Cloudy skies expected tomorrow night. Isolated rain showers likely. Lows level off around 38. Currently, it's 45 degrees. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review. We thank our Penn State crew for coming into the studio and talking to us. We're going to shift gears here and talk a little hockey. And uh, I thought we'd start with the positive, accentuate the positive. And I have to say that that uh, Yager ceremony on Sunday and the whole festivities that went with it over the weekend, that was uh, a class act from the Penguins. And I was just curious what you guys thought of that night and uh, Yager in general. Well, I think it, it shows how, you know, Penn's fans in the end are very forgiving. I, look, I was as mad as anybody when he signed with Philly. You know, I, I think there was a lot of bad blood. I think that's why he was reluctant to come back. He, he, had, he had talked about that, but they, they showed him all the love and, and adulation that he, he deserved. He talked, I don't know if you guys saw, but he talked about how nervous he was before his speech. He was super, super nervous about that. Um, I thought every bit of it was handled just right, and if they could have just stopped before the actual game was played, it would have everybody would have left happy. Well, yeah. they would have just stopped at the end of the, about the middle of the third. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was just I'll tell you what for me it was great just going down memory lane uh, and reliving all of those big goals or games I was at because remember it was much more affordable to go to games. I was a student at the time, so you know they had that student rush program where you could get in there for ten or fifteen or whatever it was twenty bucks, not even I think. So I saw a lot of those games. Saw a lot of bad games when Yager was there, but I saw a lot of good games as well. Um, what a special player. It was just, it was unbelievable to see the reception from the fans. Uh, it was awesome to see Latang kind of fanboying out, saying that he wore 68 as a child and then had to switch to 58. Um, seeing the players in the mullets, uh, the jerseys on, on the, uh, the the warm-up skate, everything about it was just picture perfect. The best line was Yager talking about his girlfriend, not being old enough to remember. I thought that was fantastic. So, But then the game happened. But all in all, the Penguins really put on a show for the fans. It was a phenomenal uh, ceremony for 68. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize that Yager is actually the second leading scorer in NHL yeah, history. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's what happens when you play forever. Yeah, yeah. that helps. Um, but then, uh, you know, I, I looked back at, you know, he was taken fifth overall in his draft. Well, you know the story about that, right? Well, I looked it up. Yeah. So yeah, apparently they didn't think he was going to make it over. No. He he kind of decoyed the first four well, He didn't correct? want to play for anybody else no. yeah. but with Mario. So he yeah. told them all, nope, I'm not coming. Yeah. And then when Craig Patrick called, he said, yep, I'll be right there. So <laughs> you could never get away with that today. Yeah. But it was an, it was a pretty awesome well, thing. Well, in, in the context, too, that was the fall of the, uh, you know, yep. the the Russian Republic or the uh, Soviet Union and 
of course, uh, you know, I think he was the first Czech player to actually attend the draft in person. So it was just a, an interesting time. And then, like you said, the all those crazy memories and, and the unbelievable goals that he scored. I watched that one with, uh, you know, that he scored in the uh, second year that he was there when he scored that signature goal against Chicago. I mean, you could just tell right away he was going to be a special player. Yeah, it, you know, and we forget because, you know, time warps things and everybody remembers Mario. But after Mario retired, Yawker was the best player in the world for several years. And and I, I still, even though with all the great stuff we've seen recently, the Francis Lemieux Yager line in 96 is the best line I've ever seen. I went to two games, the first games I'd ever been to, first in, in 96. And I just couldn't believe how they were running over teams. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about Yager, too, like I remember when I was younger, and it's still he's still a big guy. He's an imposing guy, and he still looks like he's in great shape. I think he could have played. Well, yeah. He, he is playing a little bit. And, yeah. and uh, hey, under-review guest Paul Steigerwald was the MC of the ceremony, so that was really nice to see. He did yeah. a wonderful job, so shout-out to Staggy. But all in all, again, what we've all said this at one point or another on this show, and, and Penn's fans say it as well to some degree, but we've watched three of the top ten greatest hockey players of all time, and they've worn penguin sweaters. Who? What fan base can say? I mean, I'm wearing Lakers gear. Lakers fans, Celtics fans, um, Yankees fans. Edmonton has Ed, an argument. You know, yeah, at your yeah. But, I mean, very few franchises are in that rarefied air to have those types of players play for their franchises. We we're very fortunate to root for the Penguins. Flyers the fans can't say that. Which they is certainly awesome. can't. When's the last time the Flyers won the cup? <laughs> well, and you know yeah. we haven't had that <laughs> that period where we haven't had a superstar. You're right, and that's coming. coming. Yeah, unfortunately, that's coming. Uh, real quick before we move on from the Auger talk, he scored 27 goals as a rookie, and yet he finished sixth in the Calder voting. I, I looked that up. That's crazy. So There were some really good players yeah. that came up then. Do you know who won the Rookie of the Year that year? A little that, trivia question. Was that Solani's year? I can't remember. He was a goalie. Oh, a goalie? Yeah. A 90. Ed Belfour. Oh, wow. Ed Belfour. I thought Ed Belfour yep. was older than that. And then there was Sergei Fedorov and wow, uh, well, Mike yeah. Richter and Rob Blake. I mean, I mean that, that was Yeah, a good those one. are all Hall of Fame type players. Right. I mean, certainly borderline Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, that those early 90s, there were some great, great players came up. But we have to talk a little bit about the Penguins team now. And, and, and they're, they've just got to, they've got to sell off. They, they have to. This team is not, I thought last night they gave every bit of effort in a third period they possibly could. I saw things. Malkin was playing at a higher level. I still saw some really bad things. I don't know what Graves Graves needs to be scratched. He he's just completely lost out there. But even with all that, they got to overtime, and it was almost I could you could almost feel it's like they're they're gonna they're gonna lose this again. Yeah, I think they've played twelve overtime games and they've lost eight of them. And between that and and the power play, I mean, it's just killing them. Five on five, they're not a bad wow. team. Power play killed them again last night. Mar Malkin yeah. goes for that change right at the end and gives up the breakaway yeah. goal. That, you can't do that. Oh, that was horrible. Well, and, and not only that, they were playing a historically bad team for killing penalties. The Islanders are terrible yeah. this year killing penalties. The Penguins couldn't break through. Well, the worst yeah. part is you, I love following games on Twitter. And Islanders fans, there's all these different memes about their third period. And I mean, I'm, I I don't watch the Islanders. I don't claim to, but the fans have said that they just choke and blow it. They, in the they've third had period. some major third period problems. Well, they blew it, 
and the Pens get to overtime, and then that cupcake goal goes in. Now, Ned said he took credit for it, which was great. He said, you know, it was a a rough night for him. Yeah. But but he had some big saves, too. Oh, he did. But a couple of those I know he went back. That overtime goal. You know, you're allowed to win a game six to five every once in a while. We've been, our goalies have been bailing us out all year long. I can't put this on the goal. Oh, no, I'm not putting it on him either. And then that move that Carlson made in front of the net, you just don't do that. But uh, let me play you guys a little clip here. This is from Pierre Lebron. He was on last night on Insider Trading. He talked a little bit about the Penguins. Talking to people around the league over the last couple of days, Kyle Dubas right now is listening on pretty much everyone on his roster other than his core guys. I hope I, I underline that part for everyone. But that still leaves a lot of players that he's listening on. And, for example, a player that he's listening on is Riley Smith who's not a pending UFA. He's got another year in his deal at $5 million next year, but he's a cup champion, playoff experience, and I, I know that that may intrigue a few contenders. He's somewhere on their list. So uh, the Penguins will be in sell mode to some degree uh, between now and March 8. Is that the right move? No, it has to be. Look, I mean, yeah. look where they're at in the standings. Yes. I mean, you can't double down on on that. You're what? There's three teams in between them and a playoff spot. Plus, they're what nine points behind at this yeah. stage. I they're, think they're as close to the bottom of the Eastern Conference as they are to a playoff spot. Yeah, and there's no ten and three streak coming either. They're not going to do it. I mean, this team doesn't have it. They have Edmonton coming twice. They can't skate with that team. They've proven that. You know, it actually upsets me because I want to go to that game not even to watch the Penguins. I want to. I want to go see Connor McJesus, but. You know, the Penguins right now, have to your, they, they have to be in sell mode. I've always been the guy that wants to hold on and wait and see. It's, it's time to move on from some of these guys. They don't have a lot of moves at play, but they, what they can do is get rid of what they can and, and hit reset because they're, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. I hate to say that. Uh, they just – do they look like a playoff team? No, they, Not at all. Not at this. I mean, Kyle Dubas spoke today. I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen, but – it almost seems like, and Yager actually mentioned this in the broadcast, there is so much respect in that building that it's almost holding them back a little bit. Uh, they don't want to, you know, hurt the core. They wanted to give them plenty of time to try to try to work their way out of this. He's still going to give them a little bit of time, it sounds you like, know the what way I'm he talked. Say. I mean, I, yeah. I, I texted you guys last night when Malkin went off. I'm like, he's got to come off the power play. I'm, ti- I'm tired of that respect. I mean, yes, he deserves respect, as Yager did, you know, Malkin's jersey will probably go up, and it and it well should. But you know what? At this stage, he's not helping them on that power play, and you can't make mistakes like that. And they just keep doing the same things over and over again. You do start to wonder. Look, I, it's not going to help them. I don't think. I think it's more a talent issue. But you wonder how long that Sully is going to be safe. That's moments. what I was just going to ask you guys. How much blame does he deserve in this? It's feeling a little bit like Mike Tomlin. In it is. Well, if you listen to Dubas today, he does, he has. I mean, I guess that's what he's supposed to say. But he has said he had all the confidence in Sully. But he also didn't mention the assistants. Reardon to be in one of them. He's got to go. Somebody's got to be a scapegoat, and and it's got to be him because, look. We we just talked about Yager a few minutes ago. Where Penguins fans are used to scoring, they're used to high-powered offenses. They're used to at least decent power plays. Even in bad years, the Penguins have not had abysmal power plays. I, I don't even know what to say about that, and nobody does. Even the national writers are like they're just so confused. They they don't shoot. You know they they have no net front presence whatsoever. I mean, what is going? And they, even their entries are pretty yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. Well. I agree. I think the assistants are definitely going to be gone after the year. But I still go back to they, they doubled down on this roster. It's It was old. They made it older with some of their their acquisitions. It's a young man's game. I mean, you just don't see old teams like this 
really winning at any hardly anybody ever tries it with a roster this old but it i think it's over they they have got to get younger and and i don't know that they can do two things at once they they want to kind of retool but stay competitive um, i think you got to pick one lane or the I, other. I, I i've made it i was clear last week when we talked i said you got to go to crosby you guys say look we're rebuilding give him the choice that's fine but and they don't even want to do that i can see they're still giving him an awful lot of you know, deference on this, and it's too much. It's not his job to be GM, and he, you know, Dubas has to think three and four and five years down the line. Sid won't be around at that point, or if he is, he's probably going to be a 50-point player. Everybody ages. I mean, what we're seeing out of Sid, this is probably the last year he's going to be that way. It Nobody can continue this for forever. We'll give you the last word here, D. You know, the only <laughs> I, I look at LeBron. I look at LeBron and, and Crosby very similarly. Came in around the same time frames, greatest of their generation the work ethic is truly second to none that's why they're on the mount rushmores of their respective sports lebron has about two to three more years tops crosby's probably right there there's to there is no way crosby can continue at this pace it is honest it's stupid how good he is this year it makes no sense either i would have never expected him to be this good i don't know about you guys i i love crosby i would have never thought that he was going to have this type of season this year no he's holding them afloat by himself yeah he really is all right well when we return we'll debut a new segment called clear of the bases stay with us on under review sponsored by napa auto parts I'm Dan Kennard with Tri-County Insider News. Workers at the Goodwill Industries Warehouse in Falls Creek recently found a Lego piece made of gold, and it is now up for auction. The rare 14-carat bionicle golden mask is believed to be one of only 30 that the Lego company distributed in 2001. According to Goodwill Industries of North Central Pennsylvania social media and PR coordinator Jessica Aluzzi, the tiny gold mask was found in a box full of jewelry that came from the State College Goodwill store. The gold mask is now being offered through an online auction at shopgoodwill.com. And a 31-year-old Jefferson County woman is scheduled for a preliminary hearing today on charges of assault and harassment. According to court documents, Tiffany Beatty is accused of fighting with, dragging, and injuring another woman at a Punxsutawney apartment building last month. The victim told police that Beatty started the fight as the two were arguing, grabbed her hair, and put her in a tight headlock. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Oh, we're back here a little earlier than I expected, so I forgot to hit the mics, but uh, we're going to unveil a brand new segment this week that we're going to call Clear the Bases, and let me give you the rules, guys, because this is the first time we've done it, and I'm just kind of, I kind of made it up over the weekend here, but I'll be the moderator, of course, and I may chime in a little bit here and there, but you guys are the stars. I'll ask you a series of questions, things that caught my attention over the past weekend or week. And your job is simple. Give me your reactions. We'll try to make them fairly quick. They're less discussion, more just quick, quick thoughts. Uh, maybe a minute, minute and a half on each, and then we'll we'll move and we'll alternate. So I'll start with Dave, then I'll go to D, and we'll just go back and forth so nobody gets a little advantage. Are we clear on the rules here, guys? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. So let's start with this. Oh, and I have a uh, little intro music for this too. Here we go. 
And Yarmir Yager had his jersey retired on Sunday, and I saw this question raised on another program. I wanted to get your takes. Which Pittsburgh athlete will be the next to have his jersey retired? I think that one's easy. That's that's going to be 87, I think. I'm saying any Pittsburgh athlete. Any Pittsburgh? Yeah. Well, okay, but... You're still going with Sid? I don't know if they're going to do Ben. Ben would be the only other choice, I think. Yeah, it's got to be Sid. It can't be Ben. Um, I mean, maybe later, may, but it can't be Kutch either. There's talk about Kutch. No, Come on. He's not good. Come he on. wasn't he, good enough. No, he, he's a phenomenal player, an incredible representative of the city of Pittsburgh, but no, it's got to be 87. All right, and then I also have some tra- transition sound effects here. Let me debut this for you too, guys, so you know we're going to a different oh. topic. Oh. Okay. We got I, all the excitement I love here. All right, so the NHL held two outdoor games in two days over the weekend at MetLife Stadium. The NHL has now held 41 of these games. The first time they played, of course, it was legendary, the one in Buffalo. The Penguins played in that one. It was a sloppy game, but it was such a novel event that it was exciting and fun. My question is, has the excitement worn off for these? D. I think it has. It used to be appointment television, at least for me. Um, It's not anymore. As a matter of fact, I forgot that the second game was even on. It's shame on me. I'm on a sports talk radio show. Uh, I actually think it's more for the licensing and the uh, sales of the sweaters. But, um, yeah, I think the excitement's gone out of them. I agree with everything you said, including the fact that I forgot that there was a second game on until about halfway through the third period. And I had other plans, and watching two New York teams didn't excite me that much. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, my thing is get, take it back to one game a year. You know, the New Year's thing, that's fine. I think that's great. Other than that, it's even when the Penguins had the, one, the, the, the extra stadium game against Chicago when they were still good, and I was like, eh, this seems like too much. I'll tell you the one that I would like to see, though, is at Beaver Stadium. Yes, that's got it. Or so fans. And Kraft is all in on that which is pretty amazing. He said they'll do anything to make it happen. That would be one of the most incredible events in Pennsylvania. I mean, it would just be a remarkable thing. Have Flyers fans sitting yeah, on one orange side. Yeah, and yellow. It, that would yeah. just be amazing. Well, speaking of Beaver Stadium, uh, at the Penn State Board of Trustees meeting Friday. Oh, forgot the transition. There we go. A representative proposed a resolution to name the football field after former head coach Joe Paterno. Uh, Paterno spent 45 years as the head coach. He won two national titles there, but was, of course, fired in 2011 during the Jerry Sandusky child sex abuse scandal. Uh, He was never charged with any crimes. He died a couple of months later, but public discussion ended almost as quickly as it began uh, when Jay Paterno, Joe's son, spoke against this resolution calling for a discussion to come up at a future time because of the university's budget uh, challenges. My question is, do you think the stadium should be named in Joe Paterno's honor, Dave? Well, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask about this because I really, really, really was upset during the whole Sandusky thing. I mean, I, I was writing sports columns back then. I wrote... I wrote a really, really harsh column about the whole situation. Um, I basically said I wasn't going to support Penn State until everybody involved was gone, and that's what finally they did. You know, everybody from the AD to Paterno, Sandusky, even Spanier, they all they, when they were gone, I, I started paying attention again, and I stand by that. Look, Joe did a lot of good things. All right, no, nobody's all good or all bad, and I think the overall picture is he did a lot of good over those forty-five years, but. Those last few, he allowed things to, to, to develop that you just can't allow to happen, and I just can't get over it. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, it, 
as terrible as it is, and for all the things that Paterno did for the university, I don't really see a whole lot of benefit from it. Um, the kids also coming into Penn State University now, Joe Paterno doesn't mean anything to them. I mean, the, the, that was so long ago. These kids, a lot of these kids were babies. They were younger than my children, you know, the, the, all these recruits coming in. So I don't really see other than for old alumni that are, you know, wanting this to resurface. I say let sleeping dogs lie and, you know, I, I just don't really, I don't see the benefit out of it at all. This is the most controversial topic we've taken on in a year here, by the way. I know there's a lot of people who feel very strongly on both sides of this. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go less controversial then. <laughs> this one's going to D. <laughs> the NBA wanted more competition for its all-star game weekend. It got more points instead. Ugh. In the end, the Eastern Conference beat the Western Conference 211 to 186. Uh. The 373 total points smashed the record. The teams combined for 66 made three-pointers. Afterwards, some fans called it the worst NBA All-Star game of all time, criticizing the lackluster defense, minimal effort, and overemphasis on flashy plays. Is it time to eliminate all all-star games from professional sports? Um, well, I, I don't want to speak about other professional sports. I love I love the all-star game for baseball. I think it's fun. The Pro Bowl, get lost. Um, the, the NHL all-star game, I think the skills competition is a really fun event. I don't the game itself is not, but the, back to the NBA all-star game. I I love NBA All-Star Weekend. I've loved NBA All-Star Weekend since I've been a child. I'm an idiot that watches the celebrity games. I watch that stupid skills thing that they do that um, they've got to do something to make these players play. The tickets are at a premium. Advertisers pay top dollar. It was a gross display. of. It wasn't even basketball. It, I mean, it was honestly... It was, for me, the worst all-star game that I ever watched. I was actually many times considering taking my son and driving to Indy to go to the game. I would have been furious as a fan having paid top dollar to watch that mess. I'd get rid of all of them. I've, I've been on record about that. I think their day is done. I think the NBA's got the answer for this. They're worried about the money. Just make the in-season tournament your new all-star. I mean, that's your your money driver. I mean, that, that was a big thing. The NHL is going to be, you know... I think they're going to look at something similar to that. They always seem to copy and in, in other leagues and in baseball it definitely needs to go away. It's become a, a joke. And in the NFL, I think they've already realized it's a joke and didn't, didn't even play it anymore. So yeah, they're just worried about guys getting hurt now. The right. best thing about the NBA all-star weekend was the led the floor. Cause it, it was the interactive floor. It was amazing. Yeah, that was, was cool. the, that was the highlight of the week. I watched it for 30 seconds. Well, there that. you go. That's, that's awesome. All right. Next topic. Jordan Spieth, the 13-time PGA Tour winner, was disqualified from the Genesis Invitational Friday after signing an incorrect scorecard. Spieth bogeyed the par 3 fourth hole but wrote down a par. He finished the round two over but wrote uh, only one over on his card. He took ownership, said that, um, you know, it was his fault. However, several people came to his defense, including former caddy Kip Henley, who called it the dumbest role in all of sports. And uh, NHL referee Tim Peel said, almost every shot is televised. Come on, PGA, you're living in the dark ages. What do I, you guys think? Is I, this too harsh? I hate to agree with Tim Peel because I'm not a fan, but <laughs> I, he's right. I mean, look, I get it. I, I get why it always has been that way. Golf is the honor sport, the gentleman's sport. When you and I play, Bob, we have to keep our own score. You've got to be able to trust me. It makes total sense at the amateur level, at the lower levels. 
But if they're they're doing shot link on every single shot taken in in the PGA tournament. There is nothing that isn't seen. There is no reason that him. And by the way, he was sick. I don't know if you knew that. He a bunch of them got a, an intestinal thing. Oh, that's Tiger left. Well, that him, yeah. Spieth, and at least three others. And so apparently he got to the scores tent and he had to like, run, I hate to be gross. He had to run to the bathroom and I think he didn't pay as much attention and have time to go over it like they normally do. And the penalty is way, way, way excessive. And and what other sport is the player responsible for that at the end of the day? Can you imagine in basketball, at the end of the day, you've had a long day, blah, 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 and you've got to sign for, did I, did I score 27 points or 29? Oh, I can't remember. Who cares? Just track the scores and let the man go on his business. It's stupid. I'm not a golfer. I golf only to hang out with my buddies. I have a lot of friends, you guys, other buddies that love golf. If you want to alienate fans and make it less accessible to fans watching it, I mean, you know, Tiger obviously is a factor at anything, but look at the ratings for golf. No one watches golf. You want to live in the dark ages? Guess what? That's a good way to do it. I thought it was stupid. And the only reason why I knew about it was Dan Baronic texted me because he didn't know the rule, and I knew the rule, and Dan Dennison, who's a golfer, knew the rule as well. Stupid. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Get lost. It's a bad rule. All right. Former NAL Cy Young winning pitcher Trevor Bauer is unemployed and looking for another shot to pitch in the majors. He was suspended two years ago for allegations against him of domestic violence and sexual assault. He was accused by multiple women of assault. He pitched a year last year in Japan. He said he would play this year in the majors for league minimum with incentives. The Pirates are in need of starting pitching. They cannot afford an ace under normal circumstances. They've shown they're willing to take on problem pay players. Araldis Chapman comes to mind. G1 Bay. Should they take a chance on Bauer? D. You know what? Normally I would say no, but a lot of the stuff that's come out, uh, he's been set up. He was framed. A lot of that stuff, he said it was consensual. We're getting controversial here. By I, know, this, right? I, I actually, was going to say, geez, Bob, this, this is like hot but, take. But I, but I love it. The end of this I, segment. I, no, no, no. I absolutely love it. Bring it. Bring the heat. But no, um, I, I say sign him. Look, the Pirates, the Athletic had an incredible article that I sent you guys today, and all my buddies were talking about it. Um, and Dave, you sent it as well. The Pirates are a joke franchise. They bring in some excitement to PNC Park. You bring in a former Cy Young. What, what do you have to lose? I mean, seriously. And he's and it's not like he's been proven guilty of anything. It's all speculation. Bring him in. See what happens. I mean, they brought in a role as Chapman. He was pounding i mean yeah so yeah bring i say bring him in just because you brought in chapman who i was on record as saying should be in jail doesn't mean you should double down and do the same thing look i i get it we all care more about on-field performance but i mean the dude's a troll i if you look at his twitter i mean he he is a disaster bad teammate too he is yeah i mean i i think it is tempting because he is a he was a very 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 good pitcher and but I just think at some point character has to matter at least a little bit and you know I don't know I could see it either way but he wouldn't be my first choice. All right, one more for you and we'll start with Dave. Jerry Dulack of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reported last week that the Steelers are not interested in bringing in a quarterback who wants to be a starter. Peter King, longtime colonist, wrote in his Football Morning in America piece that sounds like a colossal misjudgment of your quarterback position. Do you agree with Peter King? Yes, I've been. I mean, we've talked about this at some length. If you don't, 
they just keep doubling down on on Pickett, and and at the very least, you got to push him. You've got to make sure somebody's there who has a legitimate chance. Um, I hadn't heard that reporting. I can't say I'm too surprised about it. I mean, but no, I, I would definitely. I mean, we talked about um, you know making the trade for Fields. I mean, I, I don't understand if they're just going to anoint him. That's a terrible mistake. No, I, bring in Fields, bring in Kirk Cousins, bring in Russell Wilson, bring in anybody. Pickett needs to earn that spot, and if he beats, listen. If there's first of all, there's no way he's going to do this. There's no way he'd beat Justin Fields in a one-on-one competition for quarterback, or what Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins. Those guys have all won. Justin Fields, I think, is on the come up. Um, Greeny today said that if the Steelers got Justin Fields, they could be a Super Bowl contender, which is you know pretty kind of crazy. But yeah, I, I think that's a joke to continue to rely on Kenny Pickett. All right, good job on this, guys. I, I, are we okay to do this again? Yeah. You're going to be hot. We got to call it hot take Bob or something for that segment because that's what that was. Well, you know what? The nice thing is I can just ask the questions I and know, let you guys right. get in oh, trouble. My, so, my, my. all right, when we return, we're going to go upon further review. We're going to give D, D the Heimlich over there. He's choking over here. I don't know what's going You're on. All choked Holy, up over I this am. Segment. I'll tell you. All right, so uh, stay with us here as we continue under review, sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. Hi, I'm Dave Kias, host of Barbecue Radio Nation. Host, barbecue expert Dan Hathaway. Every week we will be giving you the best tips on how you can grill and smoke your favorite meats, vegetables, and even desserts. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned expert, our show is designed to help you become a better backyard barbecuer. So be sure and tune in every Saturday morning right here on Connect FM 99.7 and 96.7 and online at connectradio.fm. Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Connect FM. The entire world watched. They watched each step down the rungs of that small ladder, one after another, and waited with great anticipation for that last step. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. At that moment, humanity saw the impossible become the possible, and today the sky is not the limit. Achievement. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Cloudy skies expected tonight with lows around 32. Winds out of the southeast 5 to 10 miles per hour. Cloudy skies expected again tomorrow. Isolated rain showers likely. Daytime highs approaching 43. Cloudy skies expected tomorrow night. Isolated rain showers likely. Lows of a lot around 38. Currently, it's 45 degrees. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. And we're back on under review here, and it is our upon further review segment. And we were just talking off the off the air here about how I, we covered so many topics there in the last segment that we left nothing to talk about here. But we we always find yeah, something. I was going to say we've never run out of topics, and I don't think we will tonight. Yeah, we'll let you start it off, Dave. Well, we did talk a little bit about the Pirates. You talked about Trevor Bauer, and I think that's a good lead in. You know, everybody's reported now. Uh, 
I believe spring training games start tomorrow. I think the Dodgers play one because they're, they have a trip to South Korea, I think, so they get an early start. But good time to start talking baseball, and let's talk a little bit about the Pirates. And, and I want to reference the article in The Athletic that uh, Dee talked about, where basically a whole bunch of coaches and ex-players and, and, and people who've been around the franchise over the last decade in so many words said they're happy being mediocre, that, that you know they don't really you know, it starts at the top. He doesn't want to spend money. You know, they did concede that he spends a fair amount of money on international talent, you know, development, but it's not working. I, and I have this stat here uh, posted by Jim Rosati, who I I, I kind of know him, and he, he doesn't post stuff like this without it being factually correct. Since 2010, the only player that they've signed from an international free agent who has over one win above replacement. I know that's a geeky stat, but it's a, a, a measure of how, how you know, if you're zero, then you're basically a, a nothing player. They've only had one, and that was Harold Ramirez, who they signed back in 2011. They have gotten a collective bupkis from their international free agent signings over the last 25 years, or 15 years. Now, the last four years, those players haven't developed yet, so you, you've got to keep that in mind. But they talk about how they want to be the, the, the Rays and, and the, the, the Guardians and these other teams that, that can be successful on a shoestring budget, and yet they're not doing the same type of development. I mean, if it was me, I would figure out who the best talent developers are and I would spend my money on them because you get more bang for your buck to get those really good people in. And instead, I don't know if you saw in the article, that the players are having so much trouble with the, the coaching staff and the development that they're going out and getting their own people to help them. You remember when, yeah. when, when Hayes was hurt and yeah. he wasn't hitting and then bam, all of a sudden he started hitting and everybody was like, wow, what changed? Yeah. Well, he went and found his old coach. Well, it was and a double A, double a coach, him. right? And, and they went and fired. They him fired at the end him when of the they year. found out he was doing that. Yeah. And, and 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 there you go. Instead of giving the guy a pat on the back, hey, thank you for saving our our stud franchise player who he just signed for the next six years. They treat him like that, and that is the Pirates in a nutshell. And they talked about after 2015, and, and look, I was directly affected by this. After the 2013, 14, 15, I I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm finally, I'm in. I I bought a 20 game season ticket package. And uh, they immediately sold off, and, and they were they were trading prospects away to give away their their contracts. I don't even if you remember yeah. that. But oh, that, they just they had a ninety eight win team. That's, I was so upset about who that. does that. Well, and the speaking Pirates. of that, the I think it was uh, who was the GM at the time, uh, Huntington. 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 He went to Bob Nutting, and it talks about this in the article. He said we need to upgrade our facilities in Bradenton. You know, and that's understandable. They want to do that. But it was going to cost $8 million. And Bob Nutting said, okay, but that's got to come out of the budget for the for the major league team. At a time when the team was really a World Series contender. Yep. yep. And, and, and here again, you know, they always talk about, oh, we don't have this money. We don't have that money. Bob Nutting is, according to the article, and I believe this is probably true, worth give or take $1.1 billion. And he refuses to invest. He this this franchise just keeps appreciating. If he sold it today, he would sell it for probably ten times what he paid for it. And yet he he just sits on his laurels. He treats this like every other business he's had, rather than a team, you know, a baseball team. And I wish these owners would realize how much this means. If and if he would develop a winner, he'd make more money because they would sell out every single. You night. know, it's funny you say about how much this means in in that article, Garrett Cole. I remember this interview. Um, he talked about how amazing it was to play for the Pirates during their run, 
how disappointed he was to leave the Pirates, but he was happy he he left the Pirates because he knew that they weren't going to build winners. But he said back to what it means. He's like, I want it so bad for the fans. He goes, because I know what it means to the city of Pittsburgh. Anybody who lived through that period, the Cueto dropping the ball. I was and at all, that yeah, game. I'm too. telling I you. I was there. Listen, that was as good of good as anything I've ever been a part of. That was Those summers were incredible, following every pitch, living and dying. I mean, I was obsessed with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, and now we're at the point again where it's like wash, rinse, repeat. It's You know, the over-under now, Dave Mack sent me the over-under for the Pirates. It's 74 yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't go either way. I think you know what? That's probably about right. Yeah, absolutely. They're just ugh. they're one of those franchises. I, I'll, I'll rock the P. You know, I'll, I'll wear the merch. I love the Buckos, but it's really difficult to root for them. It's hilarious when you go to other stadiums as well, and people feel pity for you. Oh yeah, that's the that's hilarious. But yeah, and 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 it's self inflicted. That's the other thing. You know, they he he intentionally tore that team down because yes. he didn't want to pay for it. That's right. Well, and another frustrating thing is when the Pirates had an advantage, they were spending more than any other team in the draft. Yeah, Major League Baseball goes along because some of the big ticket owners complained. They changed the whole draft system, and now it's slotted, so you can only spend right. a certain amount. All so right. they, they can't exploit any advantage. You know what? Improvise, adapt, overcome. Tampa Bay has less money than True. Pittsburgh. Baltimore. And they figured this out, okay? I, I Yeah, they did change the rules, and yeah, that did kind of suck because I was actually really impressed in 2011 when they did that. I remember when they did all that, and I was like, wow, look at all this money. This is great. Change the rules. You know, good GMs are going to adapt and figure out a way around that. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I I don't have a lot of hope for the Pirates this year. They said the division's wide open. They said that last year, too. I just I don't see it. I mean, if Keller repeats what he did last year and Skeens can come on and, and actually have a breakout you know, rookie year, you, you never know. I mean, but I, I just don't see it. There's some ifs that could get them to 82, 83 wins, but I don't see them getting to 90. No, there's no, no way they get to 90. Well, I'll go next since it's Pirates related here, D, if you don't mind. No, no worries. So uh, Jason Mackey came out with an article. He talked about how Henry Davis and The Bachelor helped a group of Pirates prospects bond this winter. So he was talking about how, uh, you know, several of them went down to Bradenton. They were going to fly home, but they decided to stay in Bradenton and spend the offseason working out. And then they were joined by other players. It started out with just Jared Jones and Henry Davis. And then it became a bunch of them, Paul Skeens and, you know, uh, Quinn Priester, all these other players. And it, it, it talked about their bonding. And just to kind of fast forward, the, one of the things that caught my attention in this article is it on Monday nights, they would get together and they'd watch The Bachelor. And uh, it got me thinking a little bit about guilty pleasures. Okay, so guilty pleasures are things that we indulge in, even though, you know, you might be judged for it or it's kind of bad for you. Maybe not, not bad, bad, but, you know, it's pointless, maybe without purpose. And I have to admit, The Bachelor is one of my guilty pleasures. <laughs> really? So it oh. is. And, and actually, this, and I can't even say it's all because of Summer. I was watching that show before Summer and I met, and I applied to be on The Bachelor. Oh, hey, yeah. look at that. Well, Boy, that and, would have been interesting. I, I love well, I got to tell you, I, I got the initial screening call for it, and it was right after I started dating Summer, so I turned them down. <laughs> And uh, they they said, oh, it's you know it's our loss or whatever. They were being really nice. I'm sure there's a lot of other steps that go till you get on the show. But it was Ashley's season. 
She ended up getting married. They had two kids. They're one of the few that worked out for a while. They ended up getting divorced. But I am still a fan of the show. We watch every week, and I'm I'm not too too uh, ashamed to admit it. And I <laughs> I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Well, I mean, I guess mine would be a little bit different. Number one, and I said this, you had sort of cued us that there was some kind of a guilty pleasure thing coming. I think my the amount of sports that I consume is definitely a guilty pleasure. I mean, there are probably more uh, constructive things I could do than be watching NHL stuff at 11 at night or whatever. Um, you know, we're, we're doing this. And look, I love this, but we, we spend, I think all of us spend an inordinate amount of time around sports. But really, I would say my guilty pleasure when it comes down to it is chocolate. I eat way too much of it. I eat it every single here, day. Here. Um, I don't I don't drink very much. I never smoke. I'm, I'm pretty clean. If But if I, if I didn't have chocolate, I'd really be in good shape. But I eat way too much chocolate. <laughs> yeah, my guilty pleasure is uh, the Loyal Sons, our text thread, we obsess over fast food. Um, we get into full-on battles talking about which is the best fast food chain out Ooh, there. The, the goat is McDonald's. Long chicken's delicious, and so is the. But, but um, that being said, the guilty pleasure for me is fast food. My friends tease me. I I drink so much Diet Coke from McDonald's. It's absurd. <laughs> uh, I I don't know what my kidneys are doing at this point, but they're they're somehow functioning. Uh, but I absolutely love fast food, so that's my guilty pleasure. No, I like it. I like it. I, I actually wrote down chocolate cravings too. Like after a meal, I just want a, want a candy bar or something. But uh, blackjack on Fanduel, I got to admit, that is a guilty pleasure of mine. I, I only wager 20 cents at a time, thank God. But I, I'll tell you, I, that does get addicting for me where I can't, can't set that well, down I, sometimes. And, and hey, I, I told you, I used to do fantasy. I used to do online. And I gave it up because I was really concerned about what it might become. So good. I'm glad you can you know, control that. And, and about the fast food, I used to be a two or three Diet Coke a day drinker, and I had to give it up. It, listen, I, I'm in my car a lot. I, I, I work for a drug company, so I'm always on the road. And McDonald's, yeah, you stop, get it. It's just, they're refreshing. It's always the same. It's the best fountain soda there I, is i gotta say this though before we move on for those of you who's never who've never seen us th- these guys are talking about chocolate and diet coke and fast food and they're in ridiculously good shape it's like <laughs> i'm like how the heck are these your guilty pleasures i i don't get it well i don't know i mean i've i've eaten this way for a really long time I, it's just one of those things good I, metabolism yeah, apparently, i think yeah. that's that's i can thank Dave Herzing Sr. for that. I mean, so, wow. and yeah. So. Shout out to him too. One Absolutely. Of our best listeners. Yeah. Thank you, Dave Hey, Herzing Dad, if you're G- listening Sr. right now, which I'm sure you are, you're awesome. And I thank you so much for, for the, the genes. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Yep. D, well, we only have about a minute and 45 oh, that's left right. in the show. You know, you I anything? actually just wanted to talk. Um, new, it just came out today. LeBron was interviewed. Uh, the season picks up again uh, tomorrow. A lot of games. Uh, big game tomorrow night. Uh, Warriors and Lakers. Uh, my Cavs play tomorrow night, too, which is great. Hottest team in the East, by the way, like I said. But LeBron came out and said he wants to finish his career as a Laker. That's really big NBA news. Um, yeah. You never know. I mean, a guy like LeBron could could turn on a dime depending where his son goes. But, you know, just wanted to ask you both what your thoughts are I, along the lines of someone like Crosby. Do you think some, a legacy player like that has been the face of the league for so long should have the right to decide where he wants to, to go and finish his career? Well, absolutely. I mean, I said give Crosby the choice. I, yeah. It sounds like he would stay. Crosby would stay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of letting those kind of – you know, Mount Rushmore players make up their own, make their own call. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Well, hey, hashtag get lost to, uh, I don't even know what, what's a bad, 
any Burger King gimmick item, Lonnie. Hashtag get lost to Burger King gimmicks. Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to say hashtag, hashtag get lost to winter. It keeps like it's almost over and then we get snow. It's like I am ready. It's baseball time. Let's go. Yeah, at least, hey, it was late out coming into the studio tonight, yes. though, guys. Hashtag get lost to the Penguins bottom six. They don't provide anything. And hashtag get lost to Todd Reardon, as you mentioned earlier. Absolutely. Too. Hashtag get lost to my brother who's down in Dallas poolside, 81 degrees, oh. taunting me today when I'm freezing my butt off up in Erie. So hashtag get lost to D. Hey, I, I, I like D, so you have fun, <laughs> D. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. For Dave Glass and Dave Herzing, I'm Bob Anderson. We'll see you next week on Under Review.